0: Tonight we want to continue on a new series that we started last week. Um, For those who weren't here, the series is simply called We. And basically for us, we need to recognize just how we need other people in our lives. Last week we talked about the others. And how we need to recognize that even though sometimes we feel like we want to be alone, we need each other. As we looked at in Genesis chapter 2, we looked at how God... Even though Adam was created, Adam had the perfect life that we would think would be the perfect life to be alone. What did he do? The animals couldn't fulfill it. The plants couldn't fulfill it. So what did he do? He created a woman, okay, whoa man, whoa man, all right. He created a woman, but it also said something that we looked at last week. It said that he created someone that was what? A suitable helper. A helper that wasn't just, he just said, okay, I'm going to give you anybody, but someone that could truly was suited for him. So tonight we want to continue on that. So if you could just look at that recap real quick. So we could just get, last week, like I said, we, we need people. Last week, this is where we landed when we started this series. For some of us, that was challenging to hear because it seemed like God should be all we need. But we looked at the story of Adam and Genesis and saw that when God created Adam and saw that he was alone, it wasn't good. So the remedy for the loneliness that God created Eve, God created both Adam and us to need other people. And again, last week we looked at that and we talked a little bit again about it that look, even though sometimes we want to be alone, we only can be alone for so long until we want somebody. How many of you all remember Michael Phelps? We should all remember Michael Phelps, right? Some of you are probably like, oh yeah, Michael Phelps, woohoo!" But we know Michael Phelps. And I don't want to talk about this year's Olympics, but I want to talk about it during the 2008 Olympics in Beijing. And if it was one person who had all the attention with Michael Phelps because he was going after the record to get the most medals of all time in, in any Olympic event. But we've noticed something. Michael Phelps couldn't just do it on his own. For those that re- may remember... They had relay races. And for any of us who know about any relay, as we know the Golden Boys, not one person wanted mail, but four people wanted mail. So Michael Phelps couldn't do this on his own. He needed other people. And there was a guy by the name of Jason Leszak. Jason Leszak was the the anchor leg of a four-by-one swimming competition. And what it was, was the United States was actually losing. But here it is, Jason Leszak, came up from behind to win to help Michael Phelps continue on the quest to win I think it was like eight gold medals am I correct Eight gold medals so we see right there that look we may think that we could do it on our own but you know what we can't we need other people in life we need to understand that me and you cannot do life by ourselves we need other people and tonight we want to look at a couple points that we as we get started is this when we purpose community things start to get personal and they start to get messy. You see, for me and you, when we start to want a community, when we start to get to other people to know other people, it gets kind of messy. And you know why? Because we are full of sin. Me and you have a problem in the sin. We, we can't do anything as we were born in sin. We can, we aren't perfect people. So we are going to create problems in our relationships. And also, making community happen isn't an easy process. Again, we looked at this last week and we talked a little bit about knowing the difference between a community and a clique. You see, there's a lot of places that we go and we know a lot of cliques. But what we want from this youth group is we want to have a community. Yes, again, like I said last week, you're going to have best friends. you can have a group of friends that you hang out with. But we don't want it to be where you just seclude yourself from everybody else. And we're going to look at even Scripture. As we look at Scripture today, as we look at the early church, we'll see exactly what God intended for the church. So if we can look at Acts Chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, it says this And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And, he, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day attended the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. For all of us who know where this passage was taken, what happened right before this? Anyone know in Acts chapter 2? It's a word that starts with a P. Pentecost. Passover. Pentecost what happened at Pentecost what happened at Pentecost Wow we need to go back to the history lesson what happened at Pentecost people got saved right how many people does anyone know 3,000 the Holy Spirit fell upon Peter and he, and he started to speak and every language could every tongue could hear him and and that's the only type of anyway we won't go down the road but anyway. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And every person could understand what he was saying. Now, if I start to talk French, and I can't talk French, so you ain't got to worry about that, you're not going to understand. I definitely can't talk Spanish because I failed that many times in school. So I'm not even going to go down that road. And I think Nathan had, not i nodding his head because he failed that many times, he told me too. But you see, what we see in this passage is what God intended with the church. We saw something there. What, what did it say? The church did there. It said something that would happen there. They were all what? Pardon? They were all a community. They had all things in common. Now, me and you, we have different, you know, things that we like. You know, some of us like sports, some of us don't. Um, some of us like the color purple, which is my favorite color. Some of us like blue. Purple is my favorite color, right? Awesome. Alright? It's not a girl color. It's not a girl color, okay? But they had everything in common. You know, they wanted to build a community. They, they said, you know what? We want to have no needs in this church. As if you could go back one slide. If you go back one slide as we look at verse 45, 44. And all who believed, all of those who accepted Christ, were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing all the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, let me add a question for a second. Let me add a question. What do we do when we see people in need? When we see someone in need, what do we do? We should help them, right? We should, we should, right? But what do we do sometimes? <laughs> We feel sad for them. We pray for them. We, for them. we, for him. we, feel, sad. we feel sad for them. What else? Huh? Tripossum. <laughs> but here we see the church. We see what the church was meant to be. It says in verse 45, they were selling their possessions and belongings so that the people in need had stuff. Now to me and you, that sounds very weird, right? Because when we think of that, We are first of all selfish. When we come, like when we come to church, people are selfish because we want, we only worry about our needs. You know, we don't worry about what's going on around us. We just are focused on what we want to be focused on and that's it. Once I'm happy, that's all I I worry about. But we see what the church, when the church was first started, what the people were doing. They were selling everything they had. And we can look at Acts chapter 4 and it even talked about a guy named Barnabas who basically sold everything he had and laid everything to the disciples' feet. You know, for me and you, again, as we think about this whole community, are we a youth group like that? Where we see someone in need that we really want to help them? Or when we see someone in need, you know what we sometimes want to do? Kick them down even further. Oh, you have a problem? Okay, see you later. I'm going to do my own thing. We don't worry about what's going on around us. But we want to be a community where we, if we see a need, we want to meet that need. And we're going to um, start something in um, at the end of this month. So I want you to listen up. We're going to start something we call service Saturdays. Where we want a group of us to go to Building Lane every last Saturday to just go and serve the kids there. To just go help them. Not just to go and just sing a song and do that. No. We want to interact with the kids. We want to be there. We want to play basketball with them. We want to do whatever we can to help them. So you'll hear more about this coming up. But we want to be a place where people could feel welcome to come here. That no one feels like I can't come here because nobody cares about me. And let me just say that I, I'm going to talk for all the leaders. You know, I, I shouldn't do this. But anyway, I'm going to talk anyway. If you have a need, come to us. We want to help you. Now, I can tell you now, if you want a million dollars, go to Brother Nathan. <laughs> oh, Mitch, yeah. No. You know, we want, to, we want to be talking about real needs, all right? Even if we have events and you can't afford it, come to one of us. Talk to us. You know, we don't want you just not to come to the event because you may not have the money. We want to do whatever we can to help you. It goes on in, in, in Acts chapter 4, 32 to 35. It says, Now the full number of those who believe were of one heart, And and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But again, they had everything in common. And verse 33, And with great power the apostles were given their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. And let me just say this. The reason why they had everything in common was this. Because they all focused on the apostle teaching, which was the Word of God. You see, this is what we have in common. This is what me and you have in common. We have our testimony, how we became to know Christ, for us who have placed faith and trust in Christ. And our goal as a believer should be to what? Sharing that truth. Sharing that truth, bringing glory to God. That's what we are to be about. But yet, when we come to church, or when we come to youth group, we are more concerned about ourselves, whether or not I had a fun time, or whether or not we did this, or that thing. And you know what? I may like to play dodgeball. Someone may not like to play it. So we didn't play dodgeball this week. Well, I didn't have a good time. Everyone like, yeah, I like dodgeball. You know, but it's not about that. The focus is our relationship with Jesus Christ. The focus is the Word of God. What we have in common is that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the common goal. That's what the early church was all about. The early church was all consumed with bringing God glory. It goes on in verse 34 There was not a needy person among them for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet and again it was distributed to each as any had need Again think about that Think about that for a second that the people said, you know what? You have a need? Okay, I'm going to sell my land Bring the money to the apostles' feet. And here, do what you can with it to help anyone in need. There were no needs that weren't met. That's hard for me and you to really grasp and understand. Because we know there are a lot of needy people around us. And I feel the church function the way it should. This is what could be happening right now where we meet needs. And I know the church tries to meet as much needs as it can. And we can not meet every need. But as I think about, especially on this island, in Nassau, Bahamas, how many churches we have. You know, there's a lot of churches. But again, as we think about it, our common goal is this, the Word of God. Our common goal is our testimony. That is what we fight for. That is what we are trying to show to others. As we know what happened, anyone know what happened in Acts chapter 5? Anyone know would have an axe chapter five? For it was in grade nine in here. You're in grade nine? You're taking BJCs? No. Okay, axe, axe, you have to know axe for your BJC, right? Not no? No? Not anymore? Man. I guess I old now. Oh, that wasn't a joke though. But anyway, when I was in school we had to know axe. So you don't have to you don't to learn axe? Antoine? You don't have to know axe for your BJC? Well Acts chapter five. Does anyone know what happened in Acts chapter five? <laughs> it was two people, husband and wife. Wow. Wow. Oh, oh, all right. Wow. Alright. Ananias and Zapparah. What happened? They lied. They lied about how much they made They lied about what they sold their property for and they bought what they felt they wanted to give. And what happened? He died. Boom. All I can tell you is thank the Lord. You don't do that today. (laughs) Because a lot of us would be dead, including myself. Probably all of us would. But the point we want to make tonight is this. Again, as we think about this, as we think about our youth group, what are we showing to the world? What are we showing to the people around us. What are people who've never come here, what are they thinking about us? Because again, we don't want to be a clique. But we want to be a community that brings glory to God. We want people to feel like when they come here, they are welcomed. That they aren't pushed away. No one would blame you if you said real community. The kind of community talked about in Acts is too much work. No one would question you if you decide a community with someone costs you a lot of your time, your energy, your investment, everything. But think about this. Your relationship with Jesus costs you something. To have a healthy relationship with him costs you something. So why shouldn't our relationship with other people cost us something as well? It could be that only way we know we are really having the kind of relationship Jesus intends us to have is if those relationships cost us something. You ever been in a relationship, and I'm not talking about girlfriend, boyfriend, I'm talking about friendships, where basically you'd be the one always talking and your friend never talks back to you? Anyone ever been in a relationship like that? How does that feel? Bored, pointless. 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 It feels like, why am I, in a sense, wasting my time, right? And nothing how you feel tonight, why am I wasting my time, right? But you see, the point is this, and that's what we need to understand as well. Because I think sometimes what we expect we expect everyone else to do all the hard work, and we just want to sit back and relax and enjoy. No, a relationship takes two people. If I talk to you, you must talk to me. You see, I could easily turn around and talk to the wall, but the wall ain't gonna answer me. And sometimes, what it feels like, when we talk to people because sometimes people don't want to open up, and it's not—it's—it's it's, it's messy. That's what we're talking about. It's messy. But are we willing to do that? Are we willing to get messy for Jesus? Are you willing to say, you know what, I'm going to put away my pride, I'm going to put away everything else for the glory of God and get to know other people? You see, like again, I want us as a, as a youth group, as Ignition, to be a youth group that wants, that enjoys people coming in. So how do we apply this tonight? How do we apply what we talked about? Close relationships don't just happen overnight. You see, a relationship does not happen overnight. Committing to community is committing time and energy into a process that doesn't always feel good. You ever been hurt in a relationship? You ever been there? Yeah. It's hard. To have real relationships will cost you something. You see, again, we can't expect that everyone else pour out everything to us and we don't pour nothing in that relationship. I'm going to use me and my wife for an example. I can't just expect her to... Are you laughing at me and my wife? No. I'm hurt. Okay. I remember one time somebody had one of um, somebody we knew had a thing on their their um, door and it said communication is the key to a marriage. And the reason they had this because I think what happened was one day the person got locked out. They told them they was gonna be gone. They were going out and they forgot to tell them and they kind of locked them out of the house. They couldn't get in the house. So they kept on playing this little game where they could just they put up the sign, communication is the key. To a marriage. But I want to look at it this way. Communication is the key to any relationship. If I don't talk to my wife, then our relationship is going to not be a good relationship. Do I talk all the time? No. And you know, that's what's hard. And again, like I told you all last week, We have that relationship, and I'm not proud of it. She wasn't here last week. I told you, sometimes we let things pile up in our lives without sharing it or giving it over to God. And the minute we do is what? Snap at the person who had nothing to do with what was going on. And she could tell you I do that. And I have to apologize again publicly to her, even though I do it again and again. So I need to always ask God for forgiveness. But that's what close relationship is. That's what close community is. You see, we are supposed to build a relationship that is pleasing to God. And the last thing we want to apply is this each one of us was made to be in relationships with God and with other people. When we're in one without the other, we live a lesser life. You see, again, that's what it is. The common goal in our relationship should be what? God. God should be number one. And if God is number one, what's going to happen to the relationship? Let me give you a little illustration. Sorry for the microphone, Nathan. We have God up here. This is the person here. How's a the person there? If it's just that, what's happening? It's not complete, right? You see, if all of us are pursuing God, we complete the triangle. We complete what it should be. And, and if you notice... God is number one. God is number one in our... God should be number one in our relationships. If God is number one in our relationships, our relationships will thrive. It will thrive. And on a side note, again, Valentine is coming up, and I don't... None of you should have a girlfriend or boyfriend yet. Why, right? Okay. But you know what? You, <laughs> Anyway, okay, yeah, you can call. <laughs> yeah, Nick Jewel, okay. All right. But listen, listen, listen. I want to close with this. Listen. I want, to list, I, want you to, I want to close with this. In your relationships, and this is what always happens, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, if you're a boy, you should want a girl that's following after Christ. If you're a girl and you're following after Christ, you should want a boy that's following after Christ. You see, this is what we should have in common, God. And if we are pursuing God, if you're pursuing God, and God's number one in our relationship, we don't have to worry about all the other things that we think about. You know, because we could go down and say, well, how far is too far? No, no, we don't need to worry about that. Because God will show us. We should follow after God. We should know if God is number one. We should be convicted by the Holy Spirit. We should know what God wants us to do. And so, again, we'll probably do this at another time. We'll talk about relationships a little bit more in that sense. But as we talk about our relationships, as friends, as a community, what are people saying about us? What are people saying about you? What are people saying about me? Are they saying, well, Nicholas? you stuck up? Or what are they saying? Oh, yes, you try your best to do what you can do. You see, that's what we want. We want to have this community that people feel loved. That they feel the common love, and the common love comes from God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you for who you are. And Father, we just pray that you would continue to help us as we continue to study of community, that we would just honor you and all that we do. Father, as we seek after you, Father, you help us with the relationships that we need to have. Father, you show the relationship that, that you want us to have. And Father, even for us as a community in this youth group, I pray that we will show your love to those that come in. Father, even tonight as we have some people who have never been here, I pray, Father, that we would just show love to you and that they'd want to come back because they see your love in us. Father, we pray you continue to be honored with us tonight that Father, in all things, that you get all the honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.